has really been dealing with me um, this week, and I have a message that I want to share with you this morning um, that deals with Thanksgiving. We're going to read one verse of Scripture. If you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. Book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read one verse, verse 18. Then we're going to pray. Paul said, In everything, say everything, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I want to preach to you this morning for a few moments a message I have simply titled, True Thanksgiving. If you will, pray with me and for me today. Father, we just come before you one more time. Thanking you for your presence and your anointing that's in this room right now. Lord, I feel like you're here today in a special way. And as we enter into this Thanksgiving season, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today by your word. Anoint our ears to hear your word. Anoint our hearts to receive your word today. And God, more than anything, I pray that we would leave this place with a new perspective on our lives and in a spirit of true thanksgiving. Lord, let it be done today. Let us recognize power and the blessing that comes from that. We'll give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're going to do in and through your word today in advance. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. I believe that scripture substantiates the fact that God expects us, God expects us to thank him for his blessings in our lives. And this is evidenced in the words of Jesus to the one lone former leper, if most of you know the story, who returned to thank him. In the book of Luke, chapter 17, we read in verses 15 through 17, And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice, there's that Pentecostal worship, with a loud voice he glorified God, and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? You see, God not only deserves our thanks, but I believe that he desires our thanks. The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. That means he lives in and dwells among the praises of his people. God wants us to be grateful for His goodness rather than to just take so many things in our lives for granted. And as we prepare to have Thanksgiving this week, it is my prayer that we will all understand that God does not want our Thanksgiving to just be limited to one Thursday in November. But I believe that God wants us to continually thank Him in all things, in all circumstances in our lives. He wants us to live a life of thankfulness. Now I want us to look back at what Paul has to say about it in our main text this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. He says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now I want us to listen to what the word has to say in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 19 and 20. 
speaking to one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks when? Always. In all things. For all things. There's those words again. To God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Again, I will say, Paul said, rejoice. So Paul made it clear that our giving of thanks is to be continual. And it is not to be dependent upon our situations. Hello. It is to be ongoing and continual even in spite of our circumstances and not just when everything is going good in our lives. And even though Paul faced some very devastating circumstances, Paul was able to maintain an attitude of gratitude because Paul held on to a proper perspective of both God and the circumstances that were around him. He knew that God was good all the time. Somebody say amen. And consequently, he knew that a good God would only allow circumstances that would ultimately result in something good in Paul's life. Paul's attitude toward his circumstances and his situations mirrored that of Joseph. In Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me. But God, there's, a, there's that phrase, but God meant it for good. In order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. You see, you'll remember that Joseph's brothers hated him. And because they hated him, they sold him into slavery. But this situation was just a part of God's bigger plan of protecting all of his people. And Joseph recognized that rather than to wallow in self-pity over the tough times that he had, he just needed to endure and to trust and to be thankful to God. You see, Joseph's attitude was basically saying, since I know that God is good, then this bad circumstance must be meant to bring about some further good in or through my life. Otherwise, God would never have allowed it to happen. Did you hear that? And did you process it? His attitude was basically saying, since I know that God is good, how many know that God is good? Then if I know that God is good, then this bad circumstance must be meant to bring about some greater good in or through my life. Otherwise, the good God that I serve would have never allowed it. So what an accurate picture that that is of all the pain and all the suffering and all the turmoil and all of the strife and the negative things that we have no choice but to have to face in this life. Come on, somebody. What an accurate picture it is because you see, all of that stuff originates from Satan. Did you know that? It all, just like Joseph, it originates from Satan. Satan's intention with the origination is that it will harm us. But when God allows it to happen, it can only mean that God has something good in store for you and for me. So I want to ask you this morning, 
What if this trial that you are facing right now was handpicked by God just for you? What if God handpicked it and he allowed it to happen just so that he can use it to bring about some greater good in your life? I came to encourage somebody in this house this morning. It might have taken you by surprise. I'll be transparent with you today. Angie and I have been dealing with something for a few months that we'll continue to deal with for several months that has nothing to do with this church, nothing to do with our marriage, and nothing to do with our family. But it took us by surprise. I came to tell you this morning that what you're facing might be taking you by surprise. It may be causing you some anxiety. How many knows what anxiety is? Anxiety is worrying about something that's not even happened yet. Hello. That's what anxiety is. It might be causing you to lie awake at night wondering how this situation is going to turn out. But you hear me when I say this this morning. Regardless of what you may be going through, it did not take my God by surprise. It is not causing the God I serve any anxiety. He's not losing any sleep over it and he's not stressed out about it. He's not lying awake at night wondering how this is going to turn out. No sir. He already knows how he's going to use it for your good. He's already planning your escape route. I came to tell somebody this morning that he's looking way ahead into the future and he can already see how that one day you're going to look back and say I remember when it looked him possible in my life but God came on the scene and he worked it for my good I remember when the devil planted it for evil but God turned it around and used it for his glory I remember when God somebody ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning but can I tell you today that God doesn't want us to wait until then, to come back and thank Him. See, true thanksgiving is a choice that we make every day, regardless of what it looks like right now, because we trust Him and because we know that He's faithful. True thanksgiving is a choice that we make every day. Can I tell you this morning that it doesn't impress me when somebody is blessed, nothing's going wrong in their life, and they come in, and they worship, and they shout, and they clap, and they raise their hands, and they might even dance and praise the Lord, but when everything's going good, but you let something go wrong in their life, and they come in, and they sit down, and they clam up on God, and we sit in a service like a knot on a log, because we're struggling with something. No, that doesn't impress me. But what impresses me is a pastor. Because sometimes, I'm, I won't say I'm privileged to know some situations, because sometimes I know some things that it's not a privilege to know. But sometimes I get to know some things just because I get to know some things. But what impresses me is when I come into the house and somebody that I know, you may not know, but I know that they're being put to the grind. I know that they're going through it. I know they're struggling and I know they're wrestling. But yet when this praise team gets up to begin to sing, they begin to raise a hallelujah. They begin to lift their hands. They begin to worship 
God and they begin to offer thanksgiving to him right in the middle of what they're going through. That impresses me. But not only does it impress me, it impresses the heart of God because God is looking for some people who aren't worried about the circumstances around them to give him the praise and the glory and the thanksgiving that he is worthy of. And so when we know that God expects us to live a life of thanksgiving rather than just offering limited thanks from time to time and knowing that we must never lose sight of God's goodness and God's hand at work in every single thing we face in our life, I want to share with you this morning three reasons why our thanksgiving must be continual no matter what our circumstances may be. Now, you know me, I don't usually encourage you to do this, but if you are taking notes, write these three points down. I'm not a one, two, three point preacher, but today the Lord spoke three distinct things to me that I want to share with you. Three reasons why our thanksgiving must be continual no matter what our circumstances may be. Number one, because the world is watching and listening. See, the world seems to ignore all the good news that we try to share with them, but how many knows they become all ears when something bad's happening in our lives. They want to know, oh, did you, did you know? Did you know? They want to talk about it. Oh, did you, did you know that they're, they're going to get a divorce? Did you, did you know she ain't, she ain't wearing her ring? I got that at work one day. Did you notice she ain't wearing her ring? No, I didn't notice. Sometimes I don't wear mine because I forget it in the jewelry box. Don't tell Angie that, though. But when something bad's going on, they're all ears. They won't be all up in that. I mean, knows what I'm talking about. But I want you to consider the situation that Paul and Silas found themselves in in Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 25. Listen. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Watch this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Look at this. And the prisoners were listening to them. You see, when our circumstances turn from good to bad, when the flow of God's blessing seems to be just temporarily shut off in our lives, what we tend to forget is that it is at these moments that the world is most likely watching our lives. And they want to see how you and I are going to react. Times of suffering and times of hardship often provide you and I with the greatest opportunity to demonstrate authentic Christianity. There's enough synthetic Christianity in the world, hello, but those times allow us the opportunity to demonstrate authentic Christianity. Because if we are only grateful and joyful when things are going good, then how are we any different from the rest of the world? And what do we have that they would possibly want? 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Simply put, living such good lives that even though 
people accuse you of doing wrong when you didn't do wrong, sometimes you just got to be okay with them not knowing your side of the story. Even though when people accuse you of doing wrong or things go wrong, people would see your good deeds in the midst of that and glorify God. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If you want to be used of God to bring your unsaved friends, to bring your unsaved family, and to bring your unsaved co-workers to Christ, then you must learn to continually praise God even when things are not going good in your life. Because listen to me, that is when you have their attention. When they know you're going through it, that's when you have their attention. So number two, we must offer continual thanks, number one, because the world's watching and listening. Number two, because Satan is watching and listening. 1 Peter 5, verses 8 through 10. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, watch this. We talked about this in Connect this morning. I told him it was going to be in the message. Here it is. But may the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, the God who called us, what's he say next? After who? After you. That includes me. That includes you. Have suffered a while. It will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Can I tell you this morning that sometimes the devil lies to you that you're going through it because of something that he may want to point out and say you're going through it. Can I tell you there's a false doctrine going around in the church today that says if you had enough faith, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through right now. Hog wash. Baloney. This says the God who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after every one of us have suffered a while. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. We, If you're not suffering, somebody said this in Connect this morning, if you've not suffered anything yet, I don't mean to be gloom and doom, but there it is, you're probably going to. You're going to suffer something, but guess what? After you have suffered a little while, it will perfect, it will establish, it will strengthen, and it will settle you. So I want to ask you this morning, I want you to think about this question. What kind of animals do lions most often devour? Now they have a thing for gazelles. They usually can outrun a gazelle and they'll eat them. Anybody watching National Geographic? Outside of the gazelles, though, they usually go after, I heard somebody say it, the weak the injured, or the sick. They go after the easy meals. Well, what do you think tips Satan off that we might be at a point of vulnerability and that our suffering has weakened us? What do you think tips him off? I believe when it's when he hears our praise turn to silence and our thanksgiving disappears. See, Peter warns us to be careful, to be on our guard, to watch out for Satan's attempts to devour us. 
to resist him by standing firm in the faith. And can I tell you this morning that there is no better way to do this than to thank God even when it looks like there's nothing to thank him for in your life. Because when Satan sees our thanksgiving disappear during times of suffering, I believe that he turns up the heat even more. I believe he says, we've got them now. We just need to go after them. And like a lion who's listening for the sound of a wounded animal, Satan listens for us to begin to gripe and to complain. And he listens for the sounds of us accusing God of being unfair or unfaithful because of our circumstances. And when we allow our circumstances and our situations to overcome us, our thanksgiving is often overcome also. And this opens up the opportunity for Satan to step in and he begins to fuel the fire. But I need to tell you this morning that we need to learn as children of God to continually offer true thanksgiving to God regardless of our current situations not only because the world is watching and listening and our witness depends on it but also because Satan is listening and our Christian walk depends on it don't be easy prey for him number three we must continually offer our thanks because God is watching and listening I want to go back to a story where a king named Asa, he was the king of Judah, had been confronted by a mighty army. And rather than to rely on God, he made an alliance with the king of Aram. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 9, the word said, For the eyes of the Lord, God is watching and listening. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. In this you have done foolishly. Therefore, from now on, you shall have wars. What God was saying is this. I am looking for a people that I can demonstrate my power and my strength through. I'm looking for people whose hearts are fully committed to me, who will trust me through the good, through the bad, and also through the ugly. Because you see, a few chapters later, King Jehoshaphat came along and he did just that. This is a passage of scripture that I've gone to multiple times over the last few months. When God saw the commitment in King Jehoshaphat's heart, he released his mighty power to deliver Jehoshaphat from this impossible circumstance. I want you to listen to what God said to him. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 17 through 24. He says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord of God, to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. There's that Pentecostal worship again. It's all right. Somebody say, it's all right. Can I tell you? So they rose early in the morning. Watch this. And they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as 
as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. And believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who who should sing to the Lord. That's the Levites. And who should praise to the beauty of his holiness. Can I tell you this morning, we've got some appointed Levites that stand in this pulpit every single Sunday. Now I want you to watch this. And as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now watch this. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah and they were defeated. What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about if you're one of these Levites who's up here on an instrument or you've got a microphone or you're standing in this choir, we've got a distinct job to do and that is when the people of God come into this house, we lift them up with the voice of praise and with the spirit of worship and as we lift up God, I believe when you're fighting battles out there, as God's being lifted up up here, somewhere up in heaven, God begins to dispatch the angels and they begin to come down and fight the battle that you cannot fight by yourself. When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. What's the word say about your adversary? He cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen to the earth. No one had escaped. Can I tell you that true thanksgiving opens the door for God's power, which opens the door to victory. Did you hear me? True thanksgiving. God is looking for a people through whom he can show himself strong But those people have got to be people whose hearts are fully committed to God. People who are willing to thank Him even when you are faced with difficult circumstances. People whose thanksgiving is not conditional about what's going on around you. I want us to read the rest of the story in the book of Acts chapter 16 about Paul and Silas. Watch this. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And singing hymns to God and the prisoners, the world, was watching and listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Did you hear me? Did you realize that sometimes... Not only does your praise hold the key to your own victory, sometimes your praise might cause somebody else's chains to be loosed. Did you hear me this morning? That's why it's important when you enter the house of God, we ought to do what David said, come into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because somebody in the service might be depending on your praise to break their chains. 
So don't ever let the devil lie to you and tell you you're going to make an obstacle of yourself. I've come to a place I don't really care what people think about me or what they say about me. A lot of people expect me to be some kind of big dignified preacher and they're really shocked when they come to hear me sometimes. But can I tell you this morning, I'm not worried about all of that. What I am worried about is chains being loosed, bodies being healed, lives being changed, bondages being broken when we praise God and offer the thanksgiving that he deserves. In Paul's situation, true thanksgiving brought them freedom. Suddenly their chains came loosed as God shook the foundation of that prison. I want you, if you didn't hear anything else I've said this morning, you've got to hear this because this is just good teaching. Thanksgiving doesn't always bring an immediate end to our adverse circumstances. Thanksgiving does not always bring an immediate end to our adverse circumstances. But listen to your pastor this morning. It will bring you an inner freedom right in the midst of them. God is listening. God is watching. He sees way much more than we see. He sees the whole picture. And so because of that, we got to understand that as we thank Him and as we praise Him, our adverse situations will begin to fade behind the truth and the greatness of our God. Our circumstances won't end until God's finished the work that He's begun. But if we will learn to give thanks and praise in the midst of it all, we will learn that God will grant us His inner peace and assurance. A peace that surpasses all understanding. If they'll come to the music today. As they're coming, I really wish as your pastor that, that I could tell you that I've always done really well when it comes to true thanksgiving or when it comes to maybe thanks living. But I have to be honest. As I reflect upon my walk with the Lord, more often than not in my life, my thankfulness has not always been continuing. But the deeper I go into God's Word, the more evident it becomes that I must truly possess true thanksgiving if I want God to move in my circumstances. Philippians 4 and 4 through 7, I read the first verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Watch this. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. Is anybody ever struggled with anxiety before? Do you know what anxiety is? It's worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. This word says, don't do that over anything. Doesn't matter if it's physical, medical, financial, spiritual, mental, doesn't matter. Don't let anything cause you anxiety. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, what's this say? With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We're going to do something a little bit different today. If you'll stand with me all over the room. I want us to learn to not only be hearers of the word, but I want us to learn to be doers of the word. This word said, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I think sometimes in our lives, we take certain things for granted. We let situations blind us to the fact that, hey, my wife and my children are blessed. They're healthy. We have a roof over our head. We have clothes on our back. We have shoes on our feet. What we're facing could be much worse. But sometimes we take things for granted. And we neglect to give God the thanksgiving.